Well, good morning and welcome to another episode of the Coffee Break Podcast. I am Chad Lingefeld here with LockDoc Security, and today's guest is Jacinda Jacobs. Morning. Hey, we're going to have a lot of fun today. It's going to be an interesting conversation, and we're going to jump into our rapid fire segment right after the intro. We got so much to say. We got a podcast to make. We're sipping on lattes, and it's time for a coffee break. Time for a coffee break. Oh, yeah. All right, welcome back, everybody. Jacinda, thank you very much for taking time out of your schedule to be what? here. Thank I know you for I've having been, me. I know I've been uh, uh, just uh, stalking you on he Instagram. He slid into my DMs, man. I'm like, who is this guy in my DMs? You know, but I, but he stayed on top of me, and we worked it out, and I'm here. Yes, I'm excited. So if we accomplish nothing else today, I am getting uh, a lot of bonus points with my daughter. So I have a uh, almost 11 year old daughter. Yes, and we've been doing this podcast for a while. I've been doing a lot of other things, and she goes, "You're gonna have Jacinda on the podcast." I was she like, knows me? "Yeah," I was like, what? "Yeah," you know. And she's like, "Oh, this is amazing," you know. Blah 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 blah. I'm like. Of all the other things. and Yes, but, <laughs> I love her. Yes. It just proves the fact that you have influence and you have impact. So she sees you at the Hornets game. She sees you on television, all these different places. And so uh, it's, it's pretty cool. So thank you very much for, uh, for, for coming and on. shout out to your daughter. What up, girl? <laughs> It's my homegirl. <laughs> All right. So uh, one of the segments that we introduced at the uh, start of this season of the podcast was rapid fire questions. So okay. we do five randomly chosen questions. They're not really randomly chosen, but five tr- questions just to kind of get to, to know you a little better. All right. Let's do it. Ready? All right. Number one, what is the craziest fashion trend that you ever did? Probably scrunchies. Scrunchies are actually coming back, and they are so ugly to me. The the big scrunchy thing that you put your hair in a ponytail, and then it's like still, you can still see it. I don't like the scrunchies, and they're coming back, and I'm mad about it, and I'm not going to do it. I would say even another one, the clogs, the big clog shoes. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. And I can literally see the pair that I had. Um, and And I begged my mom for them, too, like, like I needed to have it. It was back in the 90s. But yeah, there's definitely quite a few things that I did that I... Lo- oh, this one just popped in. And I know I'm supposed right. to just give you one yeah, answer, yeah, but this, this is, is the this worst good. and this is good. Back when I used to do roller skating all the time okay. as a kid, pigtails, Daisy Duke shorts, and a high... Ro- like the high oh, crop wow. top shirt. Yeah. And I, I, you couldn't tell me nothing. <laughs> I was the cutest thing in there. And to this day, the girlfriend who I matched with, because we had to match... To this day, I mean, you could almost pull our hair out because yeah. I can't believe that that was us. Uh, that's I think that would top the list. So that's... embarrassing. That's what I'm saying. More keep coming to my mind. All right. I'll just stop it there. Question though. number two. Which Disney character story does your life most resemble? Hmm. Disney character story. Let's say Ariel. Ariel right. from Little Mermaid. Just because... Just because she was in this life that was just kind of mediocre, but she wanted so much more. Mm. She wanted more. She had dreams and ambitions, and she went for it, and then ended up having her dreams come true because she pushed herself out of her comfort zone, out of the water, onto land to live this whole life. And then she had her, you know, Prince Charming and everything at the end. Look at this. Just an analogy right out of the gate. Very I, easy. And, and But you got to take your risks. You got to push yourself. I love Ariel, and I love the movie, and I, love, and I know all the words. Yes. Well, that's awesome. Uh, all right, number three. What commercial jingle gets stuck in your head all the time? Hmm. Dang, there was one I was singing the other day, and it was a local one from a person here in Charlotte. Um, 
and I can't think of it right now, unfortunately. <laughs> but it was. It, mm-hmm. I mean, I guess the only thing that I can't think. Mm-hmm, I'm loving it. The McDonald's one. Yeah. But that's kind of like want want. There's actually one, and I was singing it. There's there's a lot of local, especially local advertisements that get stuck in your head. I I always pick on uh, the the Mr. Jenkins commercials. Was that it? Wow. Do they even have it? I guess they do have a jingle. It's uh, something. It's literally like one of the local ones, like Mr. Jenkins or like the 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 checking the AC. Don't check the AC. Like go, do it slowly. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> don't don't go fast and everything because the seasons change. Do it slowly. We do everything slowly. Yeah. So it's like I could see the commercial in my head, but and it was stuck in my head the other day, and I can't remember it. Thank goodness I can't remember uh, there's it. There's a billboard for Morse Jenkins on 77 that I passed every single day. Mr. Jenkins told me whatever it's just like i want to peel it out of my brain but you can't get away from it anyway all right number four if you could pick any uh i'm sorry if you could pick three famous people to be part of your entourage who would you pick oprah winfrey (laughs) can be my leader any day definitely oprah winfrey i just absolutely love her um elizabeth gilbert i love her as well she's an author and um she has just written things that have evoked so much change and power within me that i absolutely love her too um and then someone else that i'd want to be on my team you know what i'm looking at his amazing face right here um why not throw Michael Jordan up there too? He's he's the best. You know what I mean? We could throw MJ up there too. So, <laughs> which is which is really cool. You know what? Th- three people of separation. So if, essentially, you know, yeah. I've I've met Michael Jordan. So yeah, I, he's like might as well put him up there. You know, it's MJ. He's the greatest of all time. Yes, that's awesome. All right, and the last question: What game show would you be super awesome at? Game show. Hmm. Like ones that are out now, or like any game show that has ever. It, uh, there's not a lot of rules in this game. We just. <laughs> <laughs> oh, probably the married, um, the married game show when they'd the have all the yeah, all the couples that would be up there. Yeah, I'd probably say put me and Fly Tie up there against anyone. We'd win. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. All right. Thank you for participating in our rapid fire questions. Get to know you a little better. Um, we've got uh, we've had a lot of fun with that. One of the questions that we were talking about earlier, Jake failing. I, I one question I asked him was how much does a polar bear weigh. And he went on this long dissertation about all of the different origins of polar really? bears, as if he. How does actually, he know? Hey, it was a bunch of bullcrap. Okay, because <laughs> he's good. At, yeah, I'm like, how in the world did you know that? <laughs> what? Oh, it's fun. All right, so let's let's dive in uh, to a little bit more of our conversation. One of the things that we like to focus on here is origin stories, trying to understand how people have arrived to where they currently are and kind of their their path along the way. In uh, doing a little bit of uh, digging on you, you started out uh, at some point in time in local radio. Um, but tell us a little bit about is that was that your first dive into media, or how did you kind of how did you kind of fall into that, or was that very intentional on your on your end? Great question. And people typically don't give me serve me that question, but I want it all the time because I was working on a cruise line in Virginia Beach, Virginia Beach, North uh, Virginia Beach, North Carolina, Virginia Beach. <laughs> I was working in Virginia Beach on a cruise line. It was a dinner cruise line that would go out um, for a few hours and then come back. And I was wash, washing the silver, shining the silverware, and dan- and my job was to dance with um, all of the people who we served. Uh-huh. But I used to always kind of hang out with the DJ, and I used to see that there was so much power in his microphone and and that 
at any moment he could get the whole ship up dancing and just having the time of their life and so one day he he gave me a tour at the radio station there in Virginia Beach and I met the 7 p.m. to 12 p.m. jock and he was like I need an intern I was like well I need an internship and I came in Monday and started an internship there. His show became number one. Upon um, completing my internship program, they gave me my own radio show. Because I was a little crazy. Okay, I just yeah. need to throw in that I was off the chain yeah. back then. Like crazy. The things that would come out of my mouth, they were like, this is gold. And I mean, I really believed it. I really <laughs> believed it. And and so all he did was just say talk. Yeah, yeah. And I and I talked and and I so I, it really fell on my lap. Mm -hmm. I really um, didn't know what I was doing. I would just be myself, and people ate it up. It's crazy. So I've got we, we had a North Carolina state senator on the podcast a couple of episodes ago, and he owns a radio station, local gospel radio station, and similar type thing. He basically got involved in radio by just showing up and just kind of making himself valuable. And it seems like a lot of people that are in the media outlet, because the other thing that I think I've kind of known or found out about is anybody that's in that type of media, that's not their only gig. Like nobody just just works radio. That's just one of one of many. Yeah. Uh, but it is a launching point for a lot of other things because it gives you the exposure and kind of allows you to, like you just said, you just talk a lot, and so you have to learn to kind of edit yourself and kind of understand what uh, what you need to communicate and how you need to communicate it. Correct, and there is a level, I mean, you have to be balls, you have to be w willing to take an opinion and, and run it to the ground, you yep. know, even though everyone there is disagreeing with you, you have to be willing to rapid fire whatever is the first thing that comes to your mind, say it, you know, and not be scared. So there are layers to it that it does, E you know evolve you into um, a true personality I would say but at the beginning I just was this raw talent and I didn't realize that my lifestyle and, and the people I was surrounding myself with that the, are, the way I thought yeah. the way my mind would just see things the things I believed it was amazing content for radio and so it just kind of happened now now I always loved giving speeches. I I was in speech and debate team. I always sure. thought I would be a representative for a firm. That's ah. what I was trying to become. Okay. Not necessarily radio and television. Yeah. This this stuff just kind of happened and I ran with it. All right. So radio, local radio, and mm -hmm. then the first time that I had seen you uh, was on television here in Charlotte, uh, WCCB. So how did you get moved from, from that? For, was that the transition from radio to television there? Oh, yeah. Well, I got fired from radio, oh. and so then I needed something else. <laughs> who, who doesn't? You know what <laughs> I mean? Yeah, exactly. And so that means I made it, okay? I made it, Mom. I got fired. And just so you know the backstory, typically everyone in radio at some point gets blown out for some reason. Budget cuts. They just don't like how you sound anymore. They want to get someone newer, hotter, younger, whatever. So at this point, um, you know, they were going in a different direction, so I was let go. Mm-hmm. And, and I just was like, I kind of want to try my hand at something different. I've done radio now for a number of years. And so I sent in my air check to WBTV. Ah. And so it was there that the news director, who's still there today, he was a radio guy. Yeah. So when he heard my radio stuff, he was like, this girl is crazy. 
I want her. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, and I, I didn't know how to do makeup, hair, clothes. I didn't know anything. I mean, again, I'm still really off yeah. the chain here a little bit. And I'm <laughs> and I, I'm trying to grow up. And um and what I didn't realize is he hired me to come on as a traffic reporter mm-hmm. for the 4 p.m. newscast. At the time, Charlotte, North Carolina did not have a 4 p.m. newscast. And they were bringing something new into the area. And he was like, I want that radio girl that I'm listening to on air. Gotcha. Don't stop what you're doing. Keep doing it. So it took me a while to kind of figure out TV figure out who I was on TV and then be that person on the radio. And I, and I did. I broke a lot of rules. I had a lot of fun. We laughed all the time. And then from there, I transitioned to CCB and then kind of grew up a little bit. Gotcha. So meteorology there at WCCB, amongst other things, kind of created a, a whole personality there. And I remember, I don't, I don't know if I was actually watching the show or if I'd seen it somewhere on social media, but when you had announced that you were leaving that to go into full-time ministry, and it was, a, it was kind of a, I was like, meteorology over to ministry this is this is strange but obviously there was a lot more behind the scenes that not everybody knew about so how did that come about and what was kind of that process for you was as you were transitioning from something very different to mm-hmm. something kind of brand new so the funny thing is when i was at btv doing traffic I kind of knocked on the door down the street like, hey, what do you guys got going on at CCB? CCB was like, I mean, we got a weather position. Would mm-hmm. you want to do weather? And I was like, no, I've never done weather before. And he said, I'll train you. I said, all right, I'll come. So so people saw me doing weather. I did weather. I did reporting. I did morning co-hosting. I did a lot of the different um, assignments and, and, and wore a lot of different hats there. But it wasn't me. None of those were me. It yeah. was me trying everything, trying radio, trying traffic, trying weather. So this whole journey it was self-discovery. Mm-hmm. Once I went to CCB at a three-year contract, that's when the self-discovery process was no longer really fun. Yeah. I was like, all right, I'm just figuring this out, but I'm locked in right now, yeah. so I can't breathe. And and that's where um, I did not know what the other thing would look like. What would the, what, 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 what would the job that I'm Googling look like? Because yeah. I have no idea. All I've done was kind of move my way up this media ladder because it's fun and because someone offered something to me. Sure. But is this really you so um, I was offered a major promotion at CCB and I went in with the general manager after a lot of prayer and I said not only you know can I not take this but I'm asking you if you'll let me out of my contract because I need to go figure out you know what this purpose and this destiny that's within me that's screaming to get out looks like and I have no idea and he said you know and this is exactly what he said there was a calling I had on my life years ago and I didn't answer it and I'll help you answer yours wow and I, and I I could have imagined him to fire me right then at that sure. point because who, what, what anchor, I wasn't an anchor, but what reporter would come in and say, I'm not really happy here, yeah. you know, and walk back out to their job. But ever since that moment, WCCB has walked alongside me and figuring out what this next step looks like. And so I left full time uh, WCCB in 2014 and went into ministry, prison ministry for no money at all. And I found peace and joy in my heart like I had never experienced before. So kind of going back to that, and I wasn't obviously a part of that conversation, but the way that you just described it is coming in saying, it's, you know, this is not me this is, or I, I still need to figure that out. Correct. And can you help me? Yep. Is a lot different than blow this place off, and yeah, you know, it's it's a different approach to that conversation, and that may be why. And obviously, the the, the person had uh, some type of a personal connection with that as well. So you, but but I didn't know that. Sure, you know, he yeah. could have been like, "This is crazy. This is ludicrous. Like, this is your contract." And but for someone to have 
had compassion and empathy in that conversation. And I basically said, I realized that there was a disconnect when I am knocking on this, or not even knocking, but this woman's house was on fire. Mm -hmm. And I have to go up to her and ask her how she feels. I said, but there's a part of me that just wants to stay and help her yeah, and yeah. not get the story. Yeah. So I had to realize that there was a disconnect. Now there's still a need for the story, but it wasn't for me to give it. Yeah. I just needed to figure out my role. And, and I didn't know what any of that would look like. And as far as the ministry side, I didn't grow up in church at all, so I really knew nothing about this. But when I moved to Charlotte, North Carolina, by myself, knew no one, yeah. and and started to figure out who I am as a woman, I, I went to a church, and I attended a church for the first time, became a member of a church, started volunteering there. Yeah. And it was there that I realized that there's so much power in this microphone, and I was just using it as junk. I was just saying the wackiest, craziest things that I could say on morning radio to get a rise out of the view, you know, out of the listeners. Yeah. And then I would do the craziest, wackiest things on TV to get a rise out of the viewers. And I wasn't taking this microphone seriously and, and understanding the power behind it and that we should be encouraging one another and uplifting one another. And so it just became this big fork in the road moment for yeah. me to, to say, if you're going to use this mic and use your talents, you need to use it wisely. So you've gone through this experience where you got the exposure you you got the platform and then had this realization that well I'm, I have the platform but how am I utilizing it and that's where a kind of a, a, a change started to happen correct correct and so um, in order to do that you have to be willing to take a risk yeah a big risk and that's where I realize a lot of people will stay in that same comfort zone for 20 30 years yeah but that's where I said I'm not gonna stay here I'm not gonna stay here and to the outside world look successful because I have this nice job and I wear these nice clothes and I do you know cool stuff on TV, but there was something inside of me that was empty and yeah. I was missing and I didn't even know what I was in search for. I just knew I was in search for something and I said, I'm gonna risk it all to figure it out. And and the second I took that step, so many different opportunities started to fall in my lap and makes no sense. For example, prime example, how are you gonna pay your bills, right? That's the number one question. <laughs> well, let me tell you, I can't explain this. I had the a year and a half prior built my first home. Mm -hmm. So I had a three bedroom home that at that time, I now lived in by myself. Well, next thing I know, I had a girlfriend who was also a reporter at the TV station looking for a place to live. I had another girlfriend who was trying, working in some type of um, uh, industry, and she was like, I'm kind of looking for a place. Next thing I know, I had two other roommates, hmm. and both of them paying just a little bit of money, paid for all the utilities, the whole mortgage, and put groceries in our refrigerator. Oh, wow. So it was a situation where I was like, I don't even have a mortgage anymore. Or, you know, I don't even have, all these bills were just taken care of the second I realized that I was sitting on you know, an opportunity here in my home sure. that could help offset some of my costs and my bills. So, um, and then I started to work at the church. The church ended up hiring me there to do, to be a communications director. So everything I was doing in media, I now was able to put all my talents into ministry. Yeah. The microphone, the TV, everything, the whole setup here. I did this for ministry and loved it. Yeah. So, you know, the second you take those risks, the doors will start to open up and where you you should go and the money and the opportunity will be there but you just have to be willing to take that step yeah it's 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 finding that sweet spot so that you can have the biggest impact um and the, i think i think the interesting part about a lot of that is a lot of people don't have the patience to go through the learning 
the learning process. So all of those things that you just mentioned with the radio and television, all that stuff, that were all learning experiences to bring you to where, and, and you're probably still going through learning experiences right now that's going to take you to your, your next platform. Uh, but it's it's something that you have to, I guess, acknowledge and appreciate in that in that process. And, and I say to someone, if someone says, I don't have the time, I have kids, I have this, I can't go through that, I would say, what better time than right now? Yeah. You know, because every step you take, every baby step gets you closer to that finish line, to that end goal to that business to that movie to you know whatever that dream is that that you have in the back of your mind and so I knew that I just needed to take baby steps and be consistent in Mm -hmm. that and that it would work itself out and my biggest thing what is success to me it is peace and I wake up successful every single day every day I wake up on purpose with impact with influence I love what I do every single day and that's something that I could not say in 2014 and before. I was just going through the motions of what looked like success and Mm -hmm. what was deemed as success to what was told. Uh, Like this is successful to have a job, to have this type of salary, to drive that type of car. Mm -hmm. That's successful. I love my Nissan now. Back then I had a Benz because that's what I was told. Uh Like now you're making it. You see what I'm saying? So for me, I wake up and do what I love every single day. And now crazy, I actually make good, good money doing that. When before, when I was chasing the wrong things, um, I was completely unhappy. So if you haven't gotten to the place yet where you're extremely unhappy yet, maybe you got to stay there a little bit longer. But I, I, I couldn't take it. I yeah. got to the point that I'm like, I can't take it. I'm not living my best life. There's so much more in me. It's not just this. Yeah. Everyone's telling me it's this that I've made it, but I know that it's bigger than this, and I'm feeling that and 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 it and walking that out every single day now. But. Um, you can't stay. You can't stay in that lifestyle. And it's a baby step. So don't look at like, I want to start this business or nonprofit tomorrow, but it's a baby step in getting there. And then you will have it. So on your website, all over the place, my talent is media. My passion is ministry. And I, I think you've already exemplified that just even in the, the, the start of our conversation here. So you the, the ministry, going back to you have uh, a, a ministry called Stolen Lunches. Tell us a little bit about that and how that kind of got started along this, this whole process. Well, I want to bring one thing up. The pain of figuring out who I was, why I wasn't stuck in this job, in this career, and all that type of stuff. It was that pain mm-hmm. that actually birthed so much in my life so sometimes we don't want to feel this discomfort or this confusion but it's there that the growth takes place it's there that your breakthrough happens so while I was at WCCB and I was so depressed and sad and all this jazz I looked around and so were a lot of other women Mm -hmm. and so I just got the women together one day for a lunch you know based on the hours that all of us work the morning show I would go in at 1am so I'm you know I can't stay till 12 o'clock for lunch you know the evening crew Morgan Fogarty all them they come in around 2pm no one can come in early yeah but i begged if you guys give me 12 to 1 lunchtime you gotta eat like let's just come in and be fed by god and that's what we did so we used to call it a stolen lunch because really essentially you're stealing away from your whole day you got stuff to do we have work to do a monday especially what i can't steal away on a monday but we would steal away on a monday for one hour to be fed. We would turn over our plate, not even eat because I'm being fed in a different way. And these these little steal away moments became so powerful. Women would be stuck at work like, can I call into your phone? Can you put on speaker? Yeah. Like I'm stuck in this meeting, but I want to listen. And so then I, I said, well, if we open this other line, then other people from city, other cities and states can call in. Yeah. Wow. Then we started having so many women calling in and listening and sharing and talking 
from a lunch break. Yeah. So yes, yeah, Stolen Lunches was birthed in 2014, the same year that all this crazy mess happened in my life. And and so when I look back, I'm like, 2014 was phenomenal because so many things were born, but I also had to shed a lot and go through a lot of war and destruction internally in my life with, I was, um, engaged to someone at the time had to walk away from that had to walk away from my career like it it call it calls you to step up yeah. and, and, and walk away from these things but you also have to trust and know that there's something awesome on the other side and so the bible studies was just a hobby it was just something that i started but as i realized that people were begging for more yeah. and women were saying i needed this and i didn't even realize i needed this can we do more can we now do a stolen lunch at the beach with yoga and meditation now. So then guess what we called it? Stolen Weekend. And now we would take 50 people out to the beach and it's a retreat. Yeah. So we turned it into a 501c3 nonprofit organization and now we have um, 22 Bible studies a month. Some are in other cities and states. Some are virtual. Uh, We do inspirational boot camps. We do um, two to three retreats every year. Our next one coming up is in Jamaica with men and women um, that are stealing away to Jamaica for an entire weekend. We also give back and serve wherever we are. So we pray every Wednesday. We have 24 hours of prayer that we do every year. It's like it's grown arms and legs of in areas I could not have imagined. All because you just took the initiative to ask yeah. some people in your workplace to get together yeah. and do something. I saw that they needed it because I I knew I yeah. needed it. And then the second I got them in the room, everyone started crying. Yeah. Women are bawling, crying, and like, and they don't even know each other. And I don't even know if everyone like knows or loves Jesus or follows Jesus. I don't know. But all I knew was that I said, well, let's get together for one hour lunch. Try to make an impact. Yeah. I, you, you may have heard this before, but it's been a mantra that we've been kind of walking through here lately is if you don't like what you're getting, change what you're giving. Yep. Uh, and that's exactly what you did. You know, hey, I, I don't really like what I'm getting in this situation. What can I what can I give to change the whole philosophy or change the whole mindset here? So exactly. that's pretty that's pretty impactful. Exactly. Um, all right. So let, let's let's move along. You uh, during a lot of this time, I guess, uh, trying to follow the timeline here. You also started writing a book, which is was released. Uh, it was about a year ago now. Twenty seventeen. Okay. Yeah. Two, yeah. Almost two years now. The same. The exact same thing. It was during that process of hating my life that I just started writing. It wasn't to write for a book. I just would write mm. out my feelings and my thoughts. I would write out the hell that I was enduring. Like one time I remember, I it was a, it's a part in the book that I talk about the ooze and, and how the pain was oozing out of me like lava. Like, and I sat at the weather wall r- typing this in my, in my, into my email. Yep. And I would just send it to myself and it was just mm. thoughts and, and, and feelings that I was expressing, but I was at work and Memorial Weekend while y'all are out grilling, having fun. Okay, news does not stop. News is twenty four seven, and I was angry gotta, at y'all. You got to make sure that people know what the weather's going to be for their grill. It's sunny, okay? It's sunny <laughs> and seventy five. We know that every day in the summertime. I'm gonna tell you the weather right now. I'm gonna tell you the weather. It's in the low to mid eighties with a thirty percent chance of rain, and it's sunny. That's it, okay? I can get away with that one weather every single day because I'm I hit everything, and I'm like, why am I here, man? Why yeah. am I here? But so it was there out of pain, out of just a dark space that I just started writing. And then it was through that that um, 
I started getting linked up with authors and people started telling me how they put their books together. And so everyone does things differently. I would say for any author, uh, you just have to find your niche. And it took me three years of enduring, excruciating pain to get that book out because I'd rather be outside. I'd rather be hanging out than edit another page, than check for another comma. Like I'm over it. You know what I mean? And I wanted to quit a million times, but to have that book actually come to the house and to have people read it and say it changed their life, to have people read it crying, yeah. and, or to see someone who who read the book and it's highlighted and circled and there's notes everywhere, like that's what it was for. That book is supposed to outlive me. Yeah. You know, if I go tomorrow, there's still impact in that book. So, uh, but still, it was out of pain. So writing writing a book. All right, I've never obviously tackled that before, but. At, at a point, had you been telling people, hey, I'm writing a book, I'm writing a book, or was this something that you just kind of carried yourself? Because the reason I'm asking is at what point do you go, you know what, if I just give up on this, nobody's going to know and it's not going to make that big of a deal. So what is the driving factor? Because three years is a long time to carry something that heavy and and to, to say, you know, to say, is this even going to matter at some point? You know, like you, there's got to be some motivating factor or somebody to help keep you keep you on track with that. The, the irony there is there's no one but yourself. Yeah. So you're exactly right. I could I could say, you know, screw it. And and there were plenty of times I did. Yeah. But then you can't sleep at night. Yeah. You can't sleep at night because you know you quit and, and we're not quitters. There are people who are. There are people who are okay with quitting, but not me. I'm built differently. Yeah. So it would keep me up. I would cut the grass. Yes. By myself, I cut the grass. I would do the laundry. I would clean the entire house just so I didn't have to open that laptop. <laughs> I'd look at the laptop and it would be like me and the laptop at war and I'm like, I don't want to open you. But I'm so productive in everything else right everything now. Everything <laughs> else is good. But um, but but even still, like the funny story behind that, in, in high school, my teacher called my father to have a meeting and say, you know, your daughter can't write. Mm. She's not going to be able to graduate the ninth grade. She is having trouble writing papers. My father made me write and write and write. And so there was something in me that always knew I wanted to write a book, but I never knew what it would be about. So it wasn't until this kind of hell storm of like, you not knowing who you are, you not knowing what you even want to do, you know, you not necessarily being satisfied at this amazing, phenomenal job, like what is wrong with you, is when I started to say, this is the, this is it, yeah. you know? And it was a meeting that I had with a woman who I begged her to, to have coffee with me because I was also dating this man who I wanted to marry, he wanted to marry, but we weren't made for each other. How do you walk away from that? Yeah. And it, I'm in this meeting with her crying, crying, and she goes, you are uniquely qualified for this. And it was right then that it's like the dove started to fly and, you know, the music started to play. And I'm like, uniquely qualified, I am. Yeah. And so, boom, now I had the title. Now I had a few pages that I put together. So now let's really walk this thing out. And so I I turned it on the reader and said, this is my hellstorm right here. What type of hellstorm do you have in your life? All right, well, now let's do an activity to get through it. And so each chapter we kind of open up something do you have an area of unforgiveness in your life that we need to tackle well I have one too you know here was my issue now here's how you can start to work through yours so the whole book is just a journey that hopefully people can take each step check it off and by the time you get out you're feeling ready to take the risks you're feeling ready to jump out and 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 tackle your next journey knowing that there's ups and downs there's bumps and all that stuff but I'm gonna risk it all to take that and experience that yes so you've you've just been in in the midst of a lot of stuff, and you write this book. You you start this uh, stolen lunches thing. You've got television. You've got radio. At some point, you're doing 
all kinds of stuff. Uh, how do you how do you keep all that stuff? How do you keep all that stuff organized or or like? You've got to be extremely busy. I know you have motivation behind it because you're seeing you're seeing people's lives yeah. change. You're seeing people impacted, but you still you still are a busy individual. How do you kind of manage that and also manage a family? The calendar, <laughs> the calendar. To be honest, that has been our saving grace. Me and Fly Tie, mm-hmm. we we have each other's calendar, and so we can we see and know everything. The beautiful part about it is one: when you're doing what you love, it doesn't feel like work. Like I am so happy to be here. And then guess what? I'm going to leave here and go to a Bible study that I cannot wait to go to. We have a guest speaker who's talking about reminding women that you are chosen. You know, and I, so I'm excited to go to that. And then I have a meeting with, about uniquely qualified for the rest of the day. And then we're going to the um, hunger drive at second harvest food bank tonight like it's everything that i love so i'm not tired i'm i'm i you or you stay energized and rejuvenated throughout it it's really the calendar it's extreme organization which i received at the tv station mm. the the irony to all of this is that everything that i can do now everything that comes so naturally to me now is because i endured it and learned it at the TV station. Yeah. So at the TV station, some days I was weather, some days I was reporting, some days I morning co-hosted. Yeah. Some days I I mean every day was a different hat, which means you wear you dress differently if I'm doing weather versus if I'm going out in the field. I had to be extremely organized and yeah. detailed to the T. And adaptive. Exactly. And yeah. so with that, it helped me today to know, well, today I have to dress up because I got CCB and I got this and this and this, but tomorrow I'm going to be working out and then I'm going to do this run and then every, and I do live out of my car a lot. There's bags in the car for different shoots. So that's one secret too, because you got bags for different yeah. things that you're going to, your makeup bag and your this and that. But for the most part, extreme organization. And then don't get it twisted. I have, I don't have days off, but I have, t- I have moments off. Sure. So, you know, if I wasn't with you today, I probably would have went afterwards and got coffee with my husband and had a nice breakfast and then went so we have our moments that it might look crazy on social media but there's t- there's intentional time factor throughout the days that that actually make it kind of easy yeah so you have fun with it. it it's funny you say social media um your husband uh Derek Flytie Jacobs wears me out so he he is for real for real like he does <laughs> like really run all day long all day long i yeah. i remember uh several years ago on on instagram it was like he was uh you know work here and then go to this event changed clothes four times in a day then host this event until two o'clock in the morning then yep. back at the radio the next morning yep. i was like dude you when do you sleep? yeah he now i will be extremely honest <laughs> with you whereas i do try and factor somewhat of a balance in my life and i don't think you you ever really hit that perfection and balance, mm-hmm. but but you get close to it, and so that's me. I'll go walking and take the dogs walking. I I, I work out. I you know what yeah. I mean. I sit down and meditate, but my husband does get up at five a.m. every morning, and he goes until eleven o'clock at night, sometimes two a.m. and he works a million jobs, and he loves it. Even it was our anniversary recently, and I was like, "Be home, don't do anything." Next thing I know, I blinked my eyes. He was at Lowe's twice. He went to Lowe's, he got something, he needed to take it back, went back to Lowe's, and I'm like, you're supposed to be off, not doing anything, but that is his piece. Yeah. His, and his mom and his brothers are like that. They run all the time, nonstop, but they love it. Yeah. So I'm like, well, shoot, if that's your piece, go for it. But my piece is sitting down <laughs> right here with a cup of coffee in the backyard doing nothing. Yes. So uh, just to kind of hit on a couple of other things, because I think the information that you've that you've shared today has been awesome. Uh, it, it really hits on a lot of notes as, as far as, 
appreciating where you are, but also understanding kind of where you want to go. But you know, learning through all of that. Don't don't take anything. Uh, don't minimize your experiences in any level because you're you can take learning from all of those things. Where you are right now, tell just kind of give us a quick overview. I know you're Charlotte Hornets uh, game host. You and you and your husband, events host, you, all kinds of stuff. Give us a quick. 30 second rundown. I know. See, that's why that's why when people say, what do you do? I had to develop like a line. <laughs> okay. And so that's why I say media and ministry because it en- encompasses everything. But currently, if I have to go down the list, um, I have been arena host for the Charlotte Hornets since 2014. Mm-hmm. I also work for WCCB still to this day. So I'm still there. We also have a Sunday morning gospel show, Fly Tie and Jacinda show on V1019 every Sunday from 6 a.m. to 12. And we have a reality show coming out this summertime on OWN. So more details to that. It's about married life i know no one even knows about that that's like we don't even talk about that so that's in the works late breaking news right here i mean it's gonna that now that's gonna be amazing so we'll have to talk about that once that airs this summertime it was funny that's gonna be big when i was going through the icebreaker questions uh the for the rapid fire one of them was if you were to do a reality tv show what would it be about anyways yep so so married life is coming out soon um and so my two big 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 things my number one is stolen lunches i do bible studies so we are currently looking at different corporations to work with where we can implement bible study programming within their corporation because you would be surprised how many companies understand that it comes down to the person and the employee and if we could work on them holistically Mm -hmm. and say let's inspire let's motivate let's go work out let's go do these things that that person will go and sell the crap out of whatever you you know you want from them so there are a lot of companies that are intrigued by the stolen lunches concept and so really taking that global is what I am on mission to do, you know, to show people it's super important to stop down and be intentional about your time to be motivated, to be encouraged, to be poured into so you can then go and pour out. And so Stolen Lunches is my number one. And then Uniquely Qualified has become a business entity in itself. And so what I want to do is sell out Spectrum Center Arena with 17,000 people that come from all over the United States to be inspired, to listen to great authors and speakers, to have their businesses a part of it and so I am currently in a new city every single month preaching and teaching and diving in uniquely qualified and connecting with businesses connecting with um, dynamic women all over the country because I am going to come back and I am going to sell out Spectrum Center and we're going to start doing big arenas um, of motivation and of empowerment and uh, yes of faith yeah faith <laughs> no apologies it's it's so funny to hear you talk about all these things and just everything you've got going on and how you're so driven and motivated and you're on a mission to accomplish yeah. something yeah. big and and I joke about it all the time cuz or not all the time but it it makes me laugh your twitter or your instagram handle is just jacinda it's like there's so much more than just Jacinda. There's a whole other thing to start peeling back those layers and kind of seeing exactly what you're about and, and what you're going to accomplish, which is really exciting. Well, I didn't even think about that. The whole just Jacinda came from the radio station days mm-hmm. um, because it was always Brother Fred, David L., Jac- yeah, Cubby, and Jacinda. So it was always like all of us, and we were the team. We yeah. we moved through Charlotte for years, and so when I was no longer part of the show – 
then I had a girlfriend say, well, it's just Jacinda. Yeah. Like, it's just you now. So yeah. own the the just you brand. And so that's where I started that because it's just me. But you're right. I never looked at it like that. And I and to be honest, the biggest thing that we preach and teach in, in all of um, ministry is that you can't do life alone. Yeah. So the second you feel like it's just you, like it's actually wrong, you need other people. Like you need producer here. You need to lock arms with other people in order to get in into that dream and, and pursue that vision and that purpose that you have like you gotta lock arms with other people cause can't do it alone that's very that's true that's so freaking funny so it's an irony <laughs> I need to change that cause it's not just me thank you very much for your time I think we'll end it on that note cause it's very I think it's very powerful information um, if, if this is your first time watching or listening to the podcast we definitely want to invite you to uh, to find us on all the podcast platforms we're on iTunes Spotify Stitcher Apple, wherever you you can find a podcast, just search for Lockdown Security and subscribe. New podcast episode every Tuesday morning uh, coming every to Tuesday. Never ever gonna miss it. Never, ever nine a.m. Never gonna miss it. <laughs> we've got we've got them in the pipeline, ready to go. Uh, so make sure you do that. Uh, obviously, this is a video format as well on YouTube and Facebook, and you can find all that information to connect with us there. Lockdoc.net slash podcast uh, to see all of that. If they want to track you down. MrCinda.com. MrCinda.com. Yeah. Thank you very much again. Thank you. And we'll Thank see you, you next Tuesday on the Coffee Break Podcast. To learn more about the topics discussed today and to connect with us online to hear all of the episodes available, visit LockDoc.net slash podcast. We got so much to say. We got a podcast to make. We're sipping on lattes and it's time for a coffee break. Time for a coffee break. Oh, yeah. The Coffee Break Podcast is brought to you by LockDoc Security. We'd love to connect with you online on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and LinkedIn. Just search L O C D O C I N C.